0: You guys feeling good? Yes, wonderful to see every last one of you here today. We are uh, one church, five locations. Those of you who might not know that, we've got White Rock that uh, you're sitting in, and then we've got Bishop Arts Oak Cliff. We have got uh, North Dallas as well. We've got Antigua Guatemala también, and we've got Mockingbird Station. So I I love what God is doing here and all the family that keeps on bringing together and glad that you are here. Uh, If you're with us for the first time, again, we do hope you're feeling at home and you're People that care about you, we actually do care about you. We actually have been praying for you. Uh, so, no matter who brought you, whether it was a friend or a family member, or uh, you saw something on Instagram, we're really, really glad to have you here uh, with us today and really expect for God to do something great in your heart and in your life. Uh, this environment might be new, right? You know, when you come into a place and there's all this. Singing and people lifting their hands and people saying amen and clapping and you might be used to a very different experience when it comes to church uh, But just know uh, we think that if Jesus was walking the earth today and you walk through the doors He would have a smile on his face and he would be caring and looking at you eyeball to eyeball so that's why we try to create the environment we try to create uh, because we really are trying to be as much like Jesus as we possibly can. Uh, with that being said, we also every week are trying to speak uh, to, to two of you. But not meaning just two of you that are in the room, but meaning the two of you. Uh, there's the present you, and then there's also a future you. And these two are are always with you. And we want to make sure we have a church that's not just speaking to your now, but also to what's next in your life as well, uh, because there, there's a tension that you can feel and I can feel because we know where we're at right now, but we know we're not exactly where we're supposed to be, like there's still some more on the inside of us, and we're trying to prepare you for that 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 more, that new, that next as well. So, so when you come into this environment, when you come to Shoreline City, we are trying to be an incubator for your development, your maturity, your growth, for you to maximize the plan and the potential and the call of God that has been put upon your life. Uh, So so if you're you're now right now is you're single, but your future is is you're married you. We, we want to speak to both of those. When we're talking about mobilize, when we're talking about taking people from where they are to where God is trying to, to call them to, to go and be, that, that's what we're talking about. If you're an employee, but, but your future you is an employer, we want to be speaking to that. If your current you is depressed, but the future you is free, we want to speak to where, you're, where you are now, but also to where God is trying to take you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, why don't you open up with me, with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. I'm really, really excited about this passage of Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 7. Uh, let me set the stage for you a little bit. Again, as we continue in this mobilized series, uh, the, the prophet Elisha uh, has had an interaction with some government officials. And, uh, and he's, he's telling them that things are about to change. They're about to adjust. Uh, there has been a famine in the land, there's been a whole lot of lack, but, but in a day, in one day, the entire economy is about to change, and, and where no one could find any food, there's about to be plenty of food. Uh, where individuals did not have access uh, to this provision. They're about to be able to have massive and easy access because there's going to be so much of it. He's about to flood the market, if you will, uh, with, with all of this, this produce and food. And we're, we're, we're stepping into the story because God actually uses some unlikely individuals to bring about this change. He actually uses four lepers. Four people that individuals are used to walking past. Four people that individuals are used to keep, keeping on the outside of the camp. Four people that individuals would ignore and would try to stay away from. And I, I was reading that and I just thought, that's just like God. It's just like God to, to take the people that we want to count out. <laughs> the people we think don't matter. And he says, I'm going to use them to bring about transformation in the community. Just be careful who you count out. Be careful who you set aside. I want to say that about your, yourself, too. Be careful that you don't count yourself out. Be careful that you don't think, oh, I know too much. I should be further along by now. God can't use me any longer. Be careful that you don't count yourself out. God is in the business of taking the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He's in the business of taking that which is broken, putting it back together, and advancing his cause and his name throughout the earth. But 2 Kings chapter 7, we're going to begin reading in verse number 3. It says, now there were four men with leprosy. At the entrance of the city gate, they said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say, we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. I like these guys. (laughs) Makes sense to me as well. But the title of today's message is, Why Stay Here? Why stay here? Why why, why stay here? These four lepers, they only have each other. Um, lepers weren't allowed to be in the community. They couldn't be around the rest of the people because they were, they were quote unquote, unclean. Uh, so they only had each other. They only had each other and they were hanging out with each other and they're there. And they say, "Hey, this famine is killing everybody, and we're about to die." But you know, if we go to the city, we're going to die. And if we go to the enemy's camp, I mean, they might kill us, but they might not. So why don't we, why don't we just try? Why don't we just try? go to this enemy's camp and see we'll see what happens. L- let's not stay. Here, here, here for them was a physical location, but here can also be an emotional location. Here can also be a financial location. Here can be a a mindset. I, I, I can't stay here in my thinking. I can't stay here in how I approach life. I can't stay here in how I look at the world. I can't stay here at how I think about my future. I can't stay here. My family was broke. My grandparents were broke. My great-grandparents were broke. I can't stay here. I don't want to pass that on to the next after me. I don't want to stay here. So get me Dave Ramsey in financial peace. I can't stay here. Here, here, here. Whenever um, you go through something difficult or hard, it's easy to stay here. When you have something traumatic that happens to you, something that messes with your soul, something that messes with your outlook on life, you can get stuck. I can get stuck here. Like if if you didn't have a father growing up, or maybe maybe you did have a father. Uh, he was physically present, but emotionally unavailable. And and it can be even harder sometimes to have someone in the house with you, but they're not really with you. That you can get stuck here. Maybe maybe you experienced some type of traumatic uh, uh, abuse. Maybe somebody uh, hurt you in some way or another. You can stay. Here it makes sense if you maybe have some disability to stay here, uh, or maybe somebody betrayed you, somebody stabbed you in the back, somebody that you thought would be with you forever is no longer with you. You you could stay here. Or maybe you lost a loved one, someone that you thought would would you would be go, growing old together with, and now now they're no longer here, and you now want to stay stuck at the spot. Of that loss, it makes sense. It makes sense to stay here. No stones to throw at you. No stones to throw at you. Uh, but I, I do want to ask this question why stay? Here, If God has something more in store for you, if God has a brighter future for you, then why stay here? And you and I can be confronted with our here whenever we meet somebody who went through something we went through or maybe something worse than we went through and they didn't stay stuck. See, this challenges us. It challenges us when we are around someone that, that has experienced something worse than we experienced, but they decided not to stay here. They, they got up and they kept moving forward. They went through what we went through, but they still kept moving forward. They, they have the scars to prove it, but they still kept moving forward. See, the thing that happens sometimes in, in church, especially, is we can look so good on a weekend. We can get so cleaned up, put our best on. And you can be sitting next to someone right now and you think, they don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about life. I've lived life. This person next to me, they've never never lost anyone. They've never dealt with anything. And this is the problem with the grace of God. If there's any problem, this is the problem. The problem with the grace of God is he cleans us up so well (laughs) that people look at us and they think, you don't know nothing. And you're like, girlfriend, let me tell you my story, okay? If you only knew all that God brought me through, if you knew all the hell and the trials and the fires that I had been through. Matter of fact, I'll show you the tattoo. You know when you got a tattoo here on your lower back that you've been through some stuff. You know that, right? (laughs) we love you still, but that's a testimony right there. That's a testimony like, yeah, yeah, I I wish I would have done it. I wish I would have done it. But what God's grace does, what God's grace does is he grabs us and he cleans us and he takes us from darkness to light. He takes us from broken and puts us back together. And then people interact with us and they think, oh, you don't know anything about depression. You're like, you don't know. I lost my mind, but God brought me from that place of misery and darkness and put my feet on a firm foundation. He's so gracious, so good. Here's what I want to challenge all of us to do. I want everyone to do this. I want you to find a story, and I want you to find a scripture that reminds you that anything is possible. I want you to find a story and a scripture that reminds you anything is possible. I want you to find a story and a scripture that reminds you anything is possible. I want you to be around someone that stirs your faith. I want you to be around someone that goes, oh my goodness, they remind you that you do not have to stay stuck here forever, that there's more in you, that God has potential and purpose and strength on the inside of you and he's looking for you to decrease so that that he can increase on the inside of you. I want you to be, a, get around some people that stoke that flame on the inside of you. Stop being around people that are trying to put out your fire. Get around some people that want to add logs to your fire and say, hey, you can be all that God has called you to be. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So here, here, I want you to find, I want you to find a story, but I also want you to find a, find a scripture. Put something on your mirror. Put something in your car. Maybe that scripture in John chapter 11 where Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Maybe it's a scripture in Ephesians chapter three, where where we we're told that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. Find some scripture that you write somewhere, put down somewhere, so you can remind your soul over and over and over again who God is and what God is able to do, and how He's always used broken, messed up people, but He's put them back together and He lifts them up for His glory, so it can be a reflection reflection of His light. And his love. Now now you you got to be careful where you shop for your story. Okay? Now be careful. If you want if you want designer shoes, you don't go to Walmart. I love Walmart. You get a lot of great things at Walmart. Shoot, you can get a pair of khakis, pleats <laughs> in the khaki, you can get a pair of khaki shorts. Just <laughs> you know, if you're wearing khaki shorts, from Walmart, you're the man. Okay, I just want you to know that. Get Cheerios from you get Cheerios from uh, from Walmart. Man, that's great. But you cannot get designer shoes at Walmart. Here's where here's a problem that some of our single ladies have. Some of our single ladies, you're, you're looking for a designer man, but you're shopping at Walmart. So you're you're looking for something, and you're not going to be able to find it where you're looking for it. That's that too much? Okay, let me, go on, let me go on to something else. Let me go on to something else. We could probably talk about that for a long time right there. If, if you're looking for something designer, you find it in a designer store. Now, I know there's some treasures at the thrift shop every now and then. I know you can find some things, uh, but if you keep rummaging through trash, I'm telling you, you keep finding trash and trash and trash, but if you can find it, that's why church is such a great place to be in, but not just any church, a life-giving church, a Jesus-focused church, a Bible-believing church, a church that believes that the spirit of the living God can fill you, a church that is reminding you who you are in Jesus. Jesus, not who you are in you, but who you are in Jesus. It matters the environment that you put yourself in. It matters what you are listening to because you'll become what you keep on hearing and what you keep on saying. So you got to be in a right place, a right space that's saying, son, daughter, let me remind you of the call, the plan, the purpose, the potential. Where are you shopping for your story? Find that scripture and hold on to these things. That's just the first two verses. Let me keep on going here. I'm so excited about this. Go to verse number five. Look at this verse number five. Read verses five through seven. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, look, The king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. I want you to see here that their movement is what God used to produce a sound it was their movement that God used to produce a sound if they did not move God would have nothing to use to produce a sound it was their steps that God used to amplify and create confusion in the enemy's camp but if they did not move God would have nothing to use Okay, okay, okay. So so let me make it make it make it clear. Let me make, make make it plain. Some of us are praying, God, do this, God, do that, God, make this happen, God, work this out. And God is looking back at you going, daughter, son, if you would give me something to work with. If you would take a step, then I would be able to do something with what you are doing. But since you're not doing anything, I don't have anything to bless. I don't have anything to multiply because you haven't given me anything to use. It was their movement. It was their willingness to take a step. Son, daughter, why are you still sitting uh, there on, in the side, on, on the inside of the boat, I'm asking you to take a step out of the boat and to walk on the word of my promise. And I'm telling you, if you'll take a step, you'll see a miracle. But as long as you sa- try to stay comfortable, as long as you try to stay cozy, as long as you try to make sure everything lines up in your life at just the right time and you can control everything. I don't work when you control everything. I work when I control everything. If you would get out of the space where you have to control everything, I'm telling you, you'll be shocked what I'll do in your life. I'll tell you this right now. I love Shoreline City. It is not a perfect church, but I love this church. But I know I do know this. I do know God is building this thing. But it was a whole bunch of people that were willing to take some steps. And God's been using our sounds ever since. We've all been doing is taking steps. And God's been amplifying the sound. And that's why this church has grown. It was not just us sitting in a corner somewhere going, God, you build a building. God, you build teams. God, you go ahead and do this thing. We said, yes, God, you do it, but use us. To make this thing come to life. Because faith without works is dead. It's dead. Faith without works is dead. It's dead. You know. You already know this. We're we're big time. We're we're big time intention people. Right? We're like, I intend it to. Like, if we intend it to, we're like. This is as good as I did it. You know, it's like, it's done. But intentions and actions are two very different things. Can I gross you out for just a second? (laughs) I'm going to, okay? Rhetorical question. I'm not going to tell you who does this, okay? Okay. There are five people in my family. Five people that live in our house. Five people. I'll say five and a half because my mom comes over a whole bunch too. So we love her hanging out with us. Five and a half people. So you don't. You have no idea who I'm talking about here. I can be talking about me. I can be talking about my wife. My, I got three kids or my mother. Somebody in our house does something that's disgusting. Here, Exhibit A. This, my friends, is a tissue. You've seen one. I've seen one. This tissue was used. Someone blew their nose on this tissue. After you blow your nose, the polite thing to do is to take your tissue, find whatever toilet, whatever trash can may be around. And you walk yourself over to that toilet or trash can. Boop! You drop it in. That's the polite thing to do. Someone in our family has the intention of taking their tissues and putting them in those spots, but it never seems to quite make it to the toilet or to the trash can. So you can lift up a pillow. And you will find a used tissue underneath that pillow. If you're looking for the remote, you're sitting there on the couch. Oh, I cannot wait to watch the Cowboys game. Oh, the remote, it fell down this little crack in the couch. Let me dig my hands down in there to grab out said remote. Oh, look what else I'm pulling out of that couch. A used rag where someone has deposited what was within their nostrils on that tissue. You know who you are in my house, too. You know who you are. (laughs) Intention. They mean to put it in the trash. They just don't ever do it. The right action is better than the right intention. And you and I keep on living our lives on intention. And I appreciate it. The right intention is better than the wrong intention, yes, but the right action is way better than the right intention. I was wondering how many of us are living our relationship with God right now based on our intentions with God. How many of us are like, oh, yeah, God, I'll get around to it. Oh, yeah, God, I know you asked me to break up with that person, but I'll get around to it. I intended to, but I don't want to be alone. I intend to, if you bring somebody else into my life, then I'll let this person go. And God's like, no, that's not how it works. I need you to take a step. I need you to move. I need you to do something first, and then I'll bring the provision. I need you to take a step because I already took a step towards you. I wonder how many things God's like, hey, When are you going to go to growth track? Hey, when are you going to immerse yourself in community? Hey, when are you going to forgive that person? Hey, when are you going to stop hoarding your money and begin to be generous? Hey, when are you going to start dealing with your anger? And we keep going, God, I intend to. I intend to. I'll wait till 2020 till I do that. It will be a New Year's resolution. And I'm telling you, there's no better New Year's resolution than a now resolution. Go ahead and do right now what God is asking you to to do, intention, intention, intention. I want us to be an action church. I want us to be a church that takes steps of faith, bold steps of faith. We want to go, oh, my goodness, God, I trust you. I don't even know how this whole thing is going to work out. I've never been a connect group leader before. I hope they don't ask me something about the Bible because I don't know. But, but at least you're willing to open up your house and you watch how God begins to use your heart and your story and, your, and the things that you've walked through to bring hope and life to other people. It's an action that needs to happen. Okay, let me keep on going. Let me keep on going. Ah! Okay, let me move this rag. Verse number 8, verse number 8. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp. Ent- they entered one of the tents and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. So now these lepers are heading up to the camp. Have you ever walked into a store and no one's there? Kind of eerie? Hello? They get to the camp. There's like no one there. Hello? They walk to a tent. Can't knock on a tent door, but you know what I mean. (laughs) They scratch on the outside of the tent. (laughs) Hello? Is anyone here? I have leprosy. <laughs> Hello? No one's there. But food is prepared. A table is set. They sit down and they're like, what? They keep eating. They're grabbing their chicken wings. They're grabbing their kale, whatever side of the spectrum you might be on. They're grabbing... <laughs> Their food. And they're getting full. They're getting full. They're getting full. They're getting full. Then they take it another level. They start taking the stuff that's in the tent. They take the clothes. They take the gold. They take the silver. Then they go to another tent. They sit down in that tent and they eat that food. Then they take that gold. They take that silver. They take those clothes. And what do they do with the blessing that God has given them? They hide it. They take what God has given them, and they hide it. They didn't do anything but move. God worked a miracle on their behalf, and now they're going to take the blessing that God has given them and hide it. I just wondered, how many of us, are taking the blessing of God in our life. We are getting full. Our marriages are being put back together. Hope is being filled, being put in our veins once again. Our minds are being renewed. We're being changed and transformed from the inside out. God's doing all kinds of things on the inside of us, and you and I are taking what God has given us, and we're hiding that thing in the ground just so we have enough for later. It doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even feel right. We know that's wrong. But still, still we keep on doing it with your gift to sing. And your ability to lead. And you can put things in order. And you have an ability to encourage people. But you're taking it, just hiding it, just hiding it, just hiding it. And the God of heavens, like, hey, son, daughter, I don't want you hiding what I gave you. I want you using what I gave you. H- here's the thing: even up north today, at our north campus, we have Dave Hendricks. He is a. Uh, his wife Logan, they're amazing. They got the cutest little baby. She's so like fat, you know. When you have a fat baby, it's like the best baby. But Dave been hurt by church. Been in church all of his life. Been hurt because if you're in church long enough. Just so you know, if you're in church long enough, someone will offend you. Someone's going to bother you. Someone's going to hurt you. And Dave said, uh, Alan was telling me this, Dave said, man, I was this close to going, God, me and you are good. I don't need church. And this man is as talented as anyone. And he almost took blessings that God gave him and hid them in the ground. I don't want that to be Dave's story, and it's not. I don't want it to be my story, and I don't want it to be any of our stories. What is it God has put on the inside of you? This is what we even walk through in Growth Track. This is why we have it. You get to take an even spiritual gifts test to find out what did God put on the inside of you, and how should you be using that to advance his cause and his name in this earth? So here, verse number 9, I'm all done, I'm all done, I'm all done, I'm all done. Verse number 9, they, then they said to each other, "Can I like these guys. What we're doing is not right. It's not right. We're keeping all this to ourselves. This is a day of good news. And we are keeping it to ourselves. I read that good news, it just jumped off the page at me. Good news. Everybody shout good news. Shout good news. Good news. Good news. This is a day of good news. This is a day of good news. We didn't even earn this. We just showed up and it was here. It's a day of good news. This is what the word gospel means. The word gospel actually means good news news. What is the good news? It is you and I were lost in our sin. You and I were separated from God, but God in his love and his mercy, he said, I'm going to send my one and only son to die on your behalf. And in his death, burial, and resurrection, you will no longer be separated from me. But as a matter of fact, you will now have peace with God. And not only we have peace with God, I will fill you with my spirit. And not only will I fill you with my spirit, I'm then going to empower you to be the man or woman that I called you to be, to bring hope and life and strength to a lost and hurting world my friend this is the good news of Jesus Christ and I'm so thankful that these lepers decided we're not gonna keep this to ourselves I just want us to be a church that decides we're not going to keep this to ourselves. We're not going to keep that God has restored us. We're not going to keep to ourselves that he's putting our lives back together. We're not going to keep to ourselves that I feel more joy and more hope than i felt in years. I'm not going to keep it to myself that he has put me back on a firm foundation. I'm not going to keep it to myself that he's put me in my right mind. I'm not going to keep it to myself that my marriage was falling apart and then God had the audacity to come in and fix me and to fix my spouse I'm not going to keep it to myself that God has been working and moving you got to share this good news if this church has been any source of hope and strength to you you got to share that good news you got to share it you got to share it you got to tell somebody you got to tell your family well what if they think you're weird they already thought you were weird now you get the opportunity to point them to a glorious Savior, to get people's eyes off of you, and to get people's eyes off of me. I'll tell you this. You can read it later this week, This is 2 Kings uh, chapter 7. The good news was so good, when the lepers went back to the city, they didn't believe them. They said, no, can't be true. They're trying to trick us. They're trying to trick us. Can't be true that I could have lived the life I lived, And the grace of God is so powerful that he can cleanse me and forgive me of my past and then look at me through the prism of the cross and look at me like I had never sinned before. How is that even possible? That's too good to be true. But that is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And people have to taste it for themselves. You can try to convince someone, but you can't convince somebody. You just got to drink this for yourself. And when you taste it, you're like, "Mm, oh, yeah, yep, you're right. You tried to explain it to me. I didn't even get it. I had to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because I didn't have your taste buds in me, but once I tasted it for myself, now you cannot shake me from my Savior, from my relationship with God. And yes, I'm a man. I'm telling you, I'm madly in love with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He has changed me from the inside out. I give my everything to him because he gave his everything for me. Mobilize. Here are these lepers. They say, I'm not staying here. I'm moving and as it began to move, miracles happen. That's your destiny, friends. We are these lepers, and we get to share the good news of our Savior. If you wouldn't mind, do me a favor, bow your heads for just a moment. If you're under the sound of my voice, you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one. If you're honest with yourself right now, you would say maybe you're in the driver's seat of your life. Jesus Christ is not. Oh, this is a moment of transformation. This is my favorite part of the entire service because now we get to give you an opportunity to respond to the grace of God. If your heart is not in God's hands, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have not surrendered your life to him or at one point in time you did, maybe as a kid or in college, but you slipped away, you've gone another direction and you're not not following his path right now, and you're saying you don't want to go your own way anymore, you want to go his way, I'm going to ask you to do something simple but something incredibly bold. On the count of three, I literally want you to throw your hand in the air and say, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand in the air. You're saying, yes, that's me. I want to give my heart. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make him first. I want to make him number one. Come on. This is beautiful. It's a miracle. Get in on this prayer. If this is you, you're like, yes, I need to give God my heart. I need to give him my heart. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go his way. Oh, I love this miracle. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Everyone in the sound of my voice, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I made mistakes. And today I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's lift our heads up and clap our hands with enthusiasm.